Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. I'm Letitia Landa, and I am the co-author of We Are La Cocina, Recipes for an American Dream. La Cocina began as a tiny grassroots organization in a city, San Francisco, with one of the most competitive food industries in the nation. So you're the deputy director, and you joined as the third staff member in 2008. How did you learn about the organization, and why did you come on board? That's such a great question. It was so long ago. Um, (laughs) I actually read about La Cocina in the New York Times. They had had just, you know, an article written about the organization that featured Veronica Salazar, who's the owner of Eduardo Chiloco. She's also the first person in the cookbook because she was um, the first person who joined the program. And I just thought it sounded like such an incredible organization. And I knew that I was going to be moving to San Francisco after I finished college. And so I sort of just made a mental note, like, oh, I should look them up and, you know, figure out ways to support them. And so when I moved to San Francisco, I went to the booth that they had at the Ferry Building, which we actually still have um, so many years later. And it just, you know, I just chatted with them and whoever was working there at the time and just, you know, basically said, I think what you do is really cool. My family's from Mexico City. I love cooking. You know, I just think this is a really amazing organization. And I happened to meet the woman who was the executive director of the organization at that time at a Christmas party. Just the stars, you know, aligned. And we were talking and I was, you know, just telling her a little bit about my background and how I would love to help out in some way, volunteer, translate, you know, basically said, I think you should work here. (laughs) So um, it really was kind of happenstance, I guess. But uh, was at the right place at the right time, and, and I knew what they did, and, and was really um, interested in the work. So that is how I that's how I came on board. Talk about uh, La Cocina and what they do, and how they support businesses. La Cocina is a nonprofit that's a business incubator for food businesses. Our mission is to work with talented, low income entrepreneurs. Our focus is on women, immigrants, and people of color and work with them to launch and grow food businesses by providing them with access to a shared-use commercial kitchen space, which we have on Folsom Street in the Mission District in San Francisco, also access to a lot of industry-specific business assistance, which we do both through our staff and also through a network of volunteers, so graphic designers, lawyers, basically you know, any of the different resources that a small business owner might normally you know, just go out and pay for, we are able to um, subsidize the cost of that and, and really bring in a ton of, of lower cost and volunteer resources to our businesses. And then the, the last thing that we really focus on is access to sales. So La Cocina is a commercial kitchen. We don't have a storefront or restaurant or anything that people can come to at our location. And so we have to partner with farmers markets through catering with stores and All of those are ways that we can use our social capital um, and our sort of bigger brand as an organization to really make sure that the small businesses that we're incubating get access to places to sell because that's the most important thing when someone's small and starting off is can be really challenging to to just find your customers. And so that's a, a huge part of what we do. And those are sort of the elements that we bring to small businesses in order to get them 
growing in our shared use commercial kitchen and then eventually graduating into their own spaces, whether that be restaurant space, cafe, um, a factory space, a production space, maybe a co-packer if they're a packaged food product. But our goal with all of our businesses is to have them graduate out of our kitchen and into their own spaces. While doing my research, I learned the term low-income entrepreneurs. Talk a bit about who they are and the significant barriers to entry in the formal food industry. Low-income is, is something that we really just do. It's based on HUD standards. And, you know, the, the sense for us is not just that you don't have a job right now <laughs> or, you know, um, I recently lost my job, so now I'm low-income. But really, people who have been systematically left out of the formal sort of economic system and out of uh, opportunities. And so the reason why we focus on immigrant communities and communities of color is really because of the income disparities in this country and because of the way that racism and gender play into opportunities for business ownership. And so low income is like a federal category. um, And we use that as a nonprofit. It's sort of technical, but really what we're what we're getting at and, and who our target demographic is, is is people who have been left out of economic prosperity, not because they're not talented, not because they're not incredibly hard workers, but really just because of how our American system is set up. And so from the beginning, we've actually worked with an incredibly diverse group of people. And I think that that is really reflected in the book. This cookbook has more than 75 global recipes from more than 40 successful alumni of the Kitchen Incubator. People move here for the American dream, but so often the dream turns into a nightmare when you're up against a low-paying job, paying rent, and feeding and clothing children. I feel like La Cocina is reigniting hope and the American dream. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, uh, You know, it's, it's interesting that term American dream, we knew that it was a complicated one because I think that on on one hand, it can be very easily just used to sugarcoat a lot of the inequality and a lot of the actual systemic issues that we have. But on the other hand, for so many of the people in this book, that's why they're here. <laughs> you know, that's why they're working so hard and, and want their own business and want to do something for themselves. And so we do hope that people kind of see both sides of the coin when they read the book and when they read the stories, that they are super impressed by how hardworking and how talented all of these chefs are. And then also kind of angry at the fact that the culinary world doesn't just look more like this already, that it's not a better reflection of our population. And that that's because of those barriers, because of lack of access to capital because of lack of ability to pay for real estate that gets more and more expensive. And so, so yeah, we really, we hope it's a celebration and we also really hope that it's a call to action. So food lies at the heart of your community and I firmly believe it brings people together. What other cities have been inspired by La Cocina's model? There are so many. I'm actually in Fresno, California right now. We did an event last night with the Clovis Culinary Center which just is one year old, and they are building up a commercial kitchen um, that's going to be a business incubator for food businesses. I think they're already working with like almost 15 businesses. And I think that this idea that pooling resources and creating a shared space is a way to get people started is exists all over the place. La Cuisine is not the first kitchen incubator in the country, and there are people that we were inspired by, AceNet and Appalachia, um, had been around before La Cocina started. And now I know that we've also inspired a lot of other people to do this type of work, 
Specifically, we worked with Spice Kitchen in Salt Lake City. They're working um, through the IRC with refugees in Salt Lake City through their business incubator program to have people get started. I mean, I think there's incubators in LA, in New York. Um, You know, I don't think any of them do exactly the same kind of work or in the same way that we do, but it's a lot of people who have taken this idea and who are, and who are working on it. Caleb Zegas, the executive director of La Cocina wrote in the introduction, we hope that in these recipes, you find equal parts home and discomfort. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think that's what I was sort of getting at when we think and talk about the American dream. La Cocina is an organization that in some ways wishes that it didn't exist. We work with entrepreneurs who should have access to these resources without us. You know, we we just wish that we lived in the kind of world where everyone had access to opportunity, where everyone had access to capital. I recently saw some article in San Francisco sort of talking about venture capital. It used to be that only 2% of venture capital went to women. Two. That's crazy. And now it's three. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it wow. went up. <laughs> but three, 3% of venture capital goes to women-owned businesses. Like, it's just insane. You know, that's not the, the world that we want to be living in. That's not the way that things should be. And so I think that that's the discomfort. This organization exists because there's inequality in the world, because there's racism in the world, because there's classism, because people aren't treated equally depending on their gender. Those are the things that we, that we hope people realize and that we want to change. That's that piece about a call to action and what we hope people get from the book, which is to feel so excited that all of these entrepreneurs exist, you know, that they're here, that they're making incredible food for all of us and um, showcasing their talents and showcasing their passions. But also that this is what we think that the culinary world should look like, that all of the business world should look like, that with greater opportunity would come a world that looked pretty different from what it does today. How did the contributors choose the recipes to be included in the cookbook? Did you have guidelines like ingredient or category? No, actually. I mean, I think that what's pretty special about this cookbook is that oftentimes the cookbook is one chef's sort of repertoire and you get, you know, a few amazing recipes, but we asked each of our chefs to pick like their most amazing recipes. And so this is really a collection of all of those really like the best of, I guess, you know, they picked the recipes that they thought either represented their business the best or were the ones that they felt most connected to or that they thought people would love the best. So we really wanted to have people pick what they thought would be great. And then to share those with Yawande, who was our recipe tester, and she did such an incredible job of pulling together all of these recipes, which some were for 20 and some were for 10 and some were written in cups and some were written in weights and pulling them all into the book in a way that would make sense for a home cook. So let's talk about a couple of the people featured in the cookbook. First, I was drawn to Dion Knox of Zella's Soulful Kitchen. She joined La Casina in July 2006. She's from West Oakland, where 60% of the residents make less than $30,000 a year. 
Along with the redlining, almost a quarter of the population has lived in poverty for five decades. That's crazy. You read that statistic, and then you look over at the photo of Dion's incredible smile. Hope just radiates off the page. Give us an overview of how a community like this becomes a food desert and how Zella's Soulful Kitchen fills the gap. Food deserts are the result of centuries, I think, you know, certainly decades of neglect and of policies, of federal and local policies that created areas, and they're not exclusive to urban areas, they're not exclusive to California, these exist all over, where there's not access to fresh food, there's not grocery store that sells produce, there's really just corner stores or gas stations, and Dion is in West Oakland because of an organization called Mandela. It's a nonprofit organization that works to try to, again, sort of correct some of these injustices by providing small businesses with opportunities to rent a space that's subsidized and then also to, you know, to really think about the food that they're bringing to that community. So there's a cooperative grocery store called Mandela Food Cooperative, which is locally owned um, by members of the community. And it's a it's a grocery store that sells beautiful produce, um, a lot of bulk ingredients, accessible price-wise. And they were looking for someone to operate a little cafe space that they had in the grocery store. And uh, Dion, I just think, was a natural choice. She's actually from East Oakland, but she knows the community well and had worked for a long time with youth in the community. Just makes really incredible food and 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 wanted to to find a space where she could provide that to the community that she worked in. And so that was how those stars came together um, many years ago and and why she ended up in that location. When running a restaurant or any food business, recipes matter. Guadalupe Moreno, who joined La Cocina in February 2015, is interesting because she had her recipes already written down. What is her story? And then chat a bit about the training process used in the commercial kitchen. Guadalupe Moreno is actually uh, the sister-in-law of Veronica Salazar, who is the owner of El Barache Loco. And Guadalupe had worked with Veronica in her restaurant for years and years, um, both at the farmer's market and then also at the at her brick-and-mortar restaurant space in Marin. And so she had watched someone go through La Cocina's incubator program, and she had been working in the food industry for a long time and then really thought, you know, I could do this myself too. And um, Veronica really encouraged her to, yeah, you know, do, do it. Do it for yourself. It's challenging, but you, you know... Um, you have great recipes, you have uh, a lot of drive, you know how to do it, right? Because you've been doing it for so long. And so when Guadalupe entered the program, I feel like she kind of had a leg up because she'd already been connected to us for so long. And that actually has happened a couple of times. Um, Our other Guadalupe, (laughs) um, Lupe Guerrero, who's the owner of El Pipila, she used to work with Alicia from Alicia's Tamales. So you'll see some of those connections in the book. And those are just, you know, the, the way that I think people hear about our program is often through word of mouth. And so Guadalupe had already, she'd really thought a lot about her business before she applied and before she began in the program. What we do when people start the program, they apply with a business plan. They apply with um, a sense and, and a vision for what they want to do. 
But we spend the first six months in what we call pre-incubation. And our goal there is really to make that business plan into something that's a little bit more real into like, you know, you have your idea of what your target market is going to be. But then as we do our marketing curriculum, people are connected to graphic designers who actually make their logo. You know, they print business cards, they get all those social media handles and start a website. And so you really build up all the foundational things that you need to get a business launched. And when we do our product curriculum, which is in the kitchen, a big piece of that is actually to get people to go from, oh, you know, it's a handful of this and a scoop full of that. And really you be like, well, actually, you're not going to always be the person who's making this. As your business grows and is more successful, you're going to have employees who have to make it taste like you make it taste. And so in order to do that, you have to have recipes. They have to be written down by weight. And so we force people like us to to really think about their recipes as formulas, as things that can be duplicated if you're having a big catering job and you need to make more of it. Something that you can easily hand off to someone else so that they can cook it. Because I think one of the things that people are sometimes surprised by when they enter our program is that most people go into thinking about a food business wanting to cook, but actually when you're running a food business, you very quickly stop cooking and you hire other people who do the cooking so that you can be out and connecting with your customers and, you know, doing sales. And so that's that first sort of couple months of pre-incubation is where we're really working with people to get themselves to, to feel like business owners, to feel like they're understanding their accounting. They have all the permits and licenses that they need. Um, they have access to attorneys if they want to start an LLC or as they think about becoming employers. So that's the transition that happens during pre-incubation and, and recipes are part of that transition. Now for my segment called My Last Meal. What would you have for your last supper? That's such a great question. You know, my family's from Mexico City. And so for me, the Mexican recipes that are in the book are what sort of feel the most like home to me. So I think I'd probably do something like Isabel's albondigas, you know, make some rice, have some avocado, just something that I, I grew up eating at my grandparents' house that my mom makes often. And it's really comforting. So that's one of one of the recipes that that feels like home to me. Where can we find La Cocina on the web and social media? La Cocina's website is www.lacocinasf.org. And you can get connected to our entrepreneurs through there. Um, we are active on social media, Instagram and Facebook, and it's La Cocina SF as well. It's L-A-C-O-C-I-N-A. Exactly. And then SF like San Francisco. Awesome. With this cookbook, our kitchen will smell like we've traveled around the world. Thanks so much for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And we're really excited for people to cook these recipes and to, you know, feel connected to the entrepreneurs in our program. And then also to really feel connected to all of the incredible entrepreneurs in their community and the kinds of businesses that they're surrounded by. Um, and hopefully see their, their culinary world a little differently. So thank you. Follow Susie Chase on Instagram at Cookery by the Book and subscribe at cookerybythebook.com or in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to Cookery by the Book Podcast, the only podcast devoted to cookbooks since 2015.